One, two, three. Hallelujah. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. All right. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's go ahead and pray before we get into what God has for us today. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, blessing us to be here this morning. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus name. Amen. amen. Church said amen. Praise God. Clap for the Lord. Amen. All right, look at your name and say, get your Bible out. Okay, yes, we're going to need this. God's going to come through for us. Amen. Am I straight? This thing is, look, is this thing straight? All right, good. I'm like, man, because sometimes it'd be looking crooked in there. I'm like, man, now it could be straight and I made it crooked. So, praise God. Well, um. We're here, you know what? We're believers, man. That's who we are. Amen. Come on, come on. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a believer. Man, I'm telling you, I, look, look at him and say, I believe in Jesus Christ. Man, we're not people that's trying to be convinced. We believe in this, man. This, this is what we believe in. And so, uh, you know, that's going to be a, your answer to a lot of things. And so I, I'm going to preach this message this morning entitled, Because We Believe. Because we believe. I'll tell you right now, this is why we don't quit. Oh, come on. See, how many of you It's okay, you know, to feel like quitting. Amen? Did y'all hear me? It's okay to feel like quitting. It's just not okay to quit. Amen? And so, but the reason we don't quit is because we believe. You know what? This is the reason we don't change our confession. Come on. How are you speaking healing when you feel terrible because you believe. Oh, come on, somebody. How are you going to be speaking money when you're broke? Oh, I can't get it. It's because you believe. Amen. I'm a believer. Amen. And I'm going to stick with what I believe. Go to Psalm 27. We'll look at 13 and 14. And so this is what we do. It doesn't matter what's going on in this world. We expect things to change out. And, and to work good for us. Amen. He says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. Where? In the, in the land of the living. That means on planet earth. Listen, I'm not pushing off my victory till I get to heaven. Amen. That is not how I'm supposed to spend my time on planet earth. I'm supposed to spend my time on planet earth expecting good things to show up because I know my God is able. And so I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 14, wait, look at your name and say, wait. wait. You know, sometimes we see wait as a bad thing. Y'all in here with me. Come on. You go up in the line at, let's say you go to an amusement park. What's the first thing you complain about? That wait. Oh, man, I'm going to skip that ride because that line is too long. Amen. And so we want to get up there first. Amen. But what if you got up there first and and the tra- <laughs> the thing went off the track <laughs> for the first group? You'd be talking about, no, I'm going to wait. Matter of fact, I'm going to wait so long, I'm not getting on. Amen. But waiting is not looked at as something good to people. People don't like waiting in line at the grocery store. Amen. Imagine this. You're in the line at the grocery store. How many of y'all picked the longest line? Nobody in here. Or how many of y'all picked the shortest line? And even in the shortest line, you're like, dang, man, come on. And she, she must be new. Right. But what if you found out in the longest line that everybody was getting a hundred dollar bill? Don't want you. You're going to get. Oh, you say, oh, no, I'm going to get in that line. No, too late. Well, see. With God, we have to wait on him because what he has for us is perfect. And so we don't want to rush our way into anything. Amen. Sometimes you just got to be willing to be still and know that he's God. But. 
But along the way, though, you believe. You say, oh, no, I know God's got it. Oh, it might seem like it's taking a long time, but I, I know he's got it because I believe. And so it's going to be easier for you to wait if you believe. Amen. And so wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen thy heart. He's going to give you the strength to wait. He says, wait, I say on the Lord. And so now if I'm in this mindset, I say, you know what? I can't faint because I believe. And see, and, and, and David said in this psalm, I would have fainted. Let's go back to verse 13 real quick. I would have fainted if, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. So he says, I would, I had fainted. I would have fainted. Now, because I believe, I can't faint. Look at your name and say, I don't faint because I believe. So you're just telling yourself through your confession, I don't give up because I believe. No matter what it looks like, no matter what the difficulty is, uh, fainting ain't a part of what I do because I'm a believer. Amen. And so uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1, NLT. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1, NLT. He says, therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way. What, what does that say now? We, we what? We never give up. Why? Because God in his mercy. How many know you have benefited from God's mercy? I have benefited from God's mercy. Now, grace is undeserved favor. Amen. That's like you get to experience something that you didn't deserve. Like none of us deserve to be saved. None of us deserve to be grafted in and considered sons of God. None of us deserve that. But because of grace, we get to experience that. That's not the same as mercy. Mercy is you should have got a whooping. Oh, come on. But you got to pass. Y'all in here with me. I remember I, I used to be, you know, uh, always a disciplinarian, but really disciplined my son a lot. Well, mainly because he was doing stuff. But <laughs> but I remember one particular time he knew he was going to get it when I got home. So this man prepared. And so he put up he put on all his underwear, all, uh, every pair of underwear he could find. He put them all on, put them all on. And he was ready to say, OK, I'm going to be ready when dad get home. And that happened to be the night I said, well, I'm going to give you some mercy. (laughs) Now, that's the difference, right? Y'all understand that? So he deserved what would have been coming, but I gave him mercy. All of you in here, well, I don't know about all of y'all, but I know about me. Actually, I I do know by the spirit, amen. All of y'all, too, deserved what was coming your way. But because of his mercy, it didn't happen. And so now if I look at myself, that's going to help me. Come on, how many know you're not really going to be complaining a lot about your life when you start meditating on, I should have been gone. Okay, my bad, Lord. I'm sorry for complaining about this traffic I was in because I I forgot I should have been in hell right now. See how that'll put you in a position where you stay humble? You say, oh, everything I got. It's by the grace of God. It's by it's the mercy of God. I didn't even just get punished. And so therefore, since God in his mercy now, because of his mercy, he has given us this new way. What is this new way? This new way of living. And Paul's talking about this new ministry. I'm, I'm, you know, man, I didn't deserve this, but God's using me and I, I get a chance to minister this way and I get to live a new way and all of us have come from many different areas of life but therefore since God in his mercy has given us this new way because of that we never give up so because of all that he did for me no matter how hard it gets I'm never giving up because he's given me access to something I didn't deserve he's given me a chance to live a new way And so we never give up. Now, why do we never give up? Because we believe. See, when you say I'm a believer, you got to believe in Jesus Christ. You got to believe in salvation. You got to believe that 
I've been redeemed. How many of y'all believe that you're not the same person you used to be? Come on, somebody. How many of you believe that you're not bound up with the same stuff you used to be bound up? How many of you believe that God's power worked on you? Now, because of that, what are you going to do when the devil comes to tempt you to go back to what you used to do? You're going to laugh at him. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that because I believe. See, and I don't believe in you. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God's plan, his plan of redemption. Amen. And so we've got to be those people that are convinced that our God is who he said he is. And so because of that, we're never going to give up. Never. Look at your name and say, don't ever quit. You understand when things got difficult for the early church, they didn't quit. They had gone too far. Amen. They had gone too far and they got out there. I mean, and, you know, they they actually endured a lot. Uh, The disciples and stuff, they were all killed in, you know, crazy ways, hung on the cross upside down and stuff like that. And they but they died believing. Come on, somebody. They didn't have it uh, as easy as a lot of us. They had to endure some hardship. Amen. But they died believing. And so because because of what you believe, you'll never give up. You'll never go back. You'll never return to which the areas of life where that you came out of. Now go to Second Corinthians now. Second Corinthians four thirteen. We'll look at thirteen through eighteen in the message. And I, I believe there ought to be a perseverance in God's people. I, I believe there ought to be a steadfastness. There ought to be, you know, sometimes we have to check ourselves. And I'm one of those pastors that I'm always giving you instruction. And a lot of times it's always like a way to help you be in a position where you're in right standing with God. Amen. And so it's, it's not always like uh, just, a, you know, a feel good type of situation. It's something that you can start to do and it's going to work and you get benefits. And so he says here, we'll read this in the message. He says, we're not keeping this quiet. And we looked at this last week, but it's about you speak what you believe. But he says, we're not keeping this quiet, not on your life. Just like the psalmist who wrote, I believed it, so I said it. Amen? Y'all in here with me. I believe that by his stripes I'm healed, so I said it. By his stripes I'm healed. And the devil says, yeah, but you don't look healed. I didn't believe it on based on what I look like. I believed it on what he told me in his book. Amen? And so... We're not keeping this quiet, not on your life, just like the psalmist who wrote, I believed it, so I said it. We say what we believe. Let that be a banner over your life. Be one that says what they believe. Next verse. And we believe, uh, let's see, and what we believe is that the one who raised up the master Jesus will just as certainly raise us up with you. And so we believe we all going to be raised up. And that's resurrection power. And we have been made alive. And what we believe, okay, go ahead, next verse. Every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory. Stop right there. Because sometimes you're going through situations of life and you kind of like question it and you're, I didn't get it. Must be is okay. Everybody, we got all these people. Everything just perfect, Pastor. Don't worry. Them, not me. I ain't. I'll never be questioning nothing. I'm just praising the Lord. See, we're people, and we're not in our glorified state, and so we are in a fallen world. And sometimes things just don't work out. Oh, come on, somebody! Exactly the way you wanted it to work out. Amen. But if you can understand something, understand the power of your master, understand the power and know that he knows everything about your life and he is working things out. And so he says every detail works to your advantage. What if what if you call revelation of that? Every detail is working for my advantage. And so sometimes there's delays. Amen. 
you wanted to do something, but God didn't allow it to happen. And you thought it was a delay, but maybe it was God intervening to prevent you from greater problems up the road. Amen. Come on. Have you ever uh, been kept from maybe buying something or doing something? And later on, you said, thank you, Lord, for keeping me from buying that, keeping me from going over there, keeping me from moving there. Come on, somebody. Well, every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory. Ooh. So if I think about this, every detail works to my advantage and to God's glory. And then more and more grace, more and more people. What people are going to come because they see what God is doing in your life. Amen. And this thing is attractive. More and more grace, more and more people, more and more praise. How many know people are going to be praising God more and more when God keeps showing up. Amen. When you start waking up, realizing God was doing something with me, even in that situation where I felt like, you know what I'm saying? If you just can lock into God's plan and trust him and don't veer, don't move to the right or to the left, stay right in there. And then Weeping may endure for a night, but joy's coming in the morning. Amen. Come on. How many know late in the midnight hour, God could turn that thing around. God could shift something, but you've got to be fully convinced that every detail is going to work out for my advantage and for his glory. Amen. Amen. Next verse. With all that being said, then here we go again. So we're not giving up. Oh, see, there you go again. You're going to that church. You're just going to church again. Yep. You know, I don't even think that's working. I'm not doing it for what you think. I don't even really care what you think. I don't even like you that much. I'm just being honest. Amen. You're in with me. I'm doing this because of what I got with God. I know every detail of my life is working out for my advantage and it's working out for his glory. So as a result of that, so we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. Come on, somebody. Y'all ever been there? Even on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, though, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. So you got to get the word, man. You got to get the word and get it to where you can understand and say, man, in the name of Jesus, it looks like stuff ain't working out for me. But on the inside, God is working that thing out. Come on. Uh, On the inside, God is moving. On matter of fact. It looks like this is difficult, but God is doing something on the inside of me. He's giving me an internal strength that he knows I'm going to need a few paces up the road. He's giving me a resilience that he knows I'm going to need a few paces up the road. How many know adversity will expose character, but if you allow God to get in there, it'll develop you. Come on, somebody. It'll develop you. It will mature you to where all of a sudden you have a greater level of patience. You have a greater level of self-control. Sometimes in order for your self-control to be developed, you got to be challenged in that area. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. You got to be challenged in some areas to know what you got with God is real. And then God has begun a good work in you and he'll perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. But sometimes when you're going through situations. See, I've learned that over my life. I said, oh, wow, man, I've learned a lot from things that I've dealt with. But then I realize that God is working it together for my good. I realize that God's got this plan for me. God's got something that's greater. And he wants me to be able to walk in that thing. Amen. God never wants you. Uh, he never wants to promote you. And that promotion takes you down. He never wants you to step into a higher level. And that level that you stepped up on is not properly supported. And so it crumbles. I've seen many people step up, but then the fall is great. 
But when you are in a place where you say, I'm just going as God leads. But you have something settled within yourself. I'm not giving up. Amen. Many people can say that about word of life. You know how many families have come and gone? But guess what? They tune in if they do or they talk to somebody. I I wonder what's uh, going on with word of life. Still preaching the same thing. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. What, what, well, I wonder what they're doing now. We're still preaching the same thing. Oh, no. See, I surely by now, because, you know, we talked to this family, that family, you know, and they, they left. I wonder how Pastor Troy done. Still preaching. Hello. Still here. Ain't nothing changed. Ain't got no new sermons. We have no new processes. We're doing the same stuff, man. Why? Because we know it's of God. As long as it's of God, you don't need man's approval. As long as you know it's of God, you know it's God. Can't nobody stop God. And spiritual seed never dies. And so I'm still sowing that word. And guess what we always going to have? People grabbing it. People growing by it. We always going to have that. Amen. We always going to have that. As long as we keep sowing it. And so... If you are fully convinced that no matter what things look like on the outside, on the inside, God is doing something miraculous. Amen. And not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. Is that was that verse 18? I think that's the end of it or no. 18. Okay, there. This is this is powerful. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow, but things We can't see now will last forever. And so as a believer, we must keep our eyes on God. That has been a mission of mine. I never thought I would have so much of a challenge. You'd be surprised how much of a challenge it is to get believers. I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm not. I'm not even talking about like my unsaved family or I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just the church, man. I'm talking about Christians that believe you. You would not believe how hard it is to keep them focused on God. Y'all didn't hear me. All all that has to happen is some change in our situation. Some change, some uh, new event, some new news event. So many people distracted. I've been preaching for the longest. Focus on God. Focus on God. But there's just an attraction. Come on. Come on, somebody. Some some of y'all got that news anointing. You got that, you know, that just affectionate relationship with the news. And I've been saying all along, just focus on God. But I, it's still, it's you're going to get people. They still, okay, they want to know what this person got to say. What's this person? Everybody want to know what everybody got to say about what we're doing. But all this, just so y'all know, it's all in the Bible already. Like even these attacks in Israel and all that, that stuff is going to happen. It's, it's, this ain't nothing new. This is not like you don't need to find the next prophet to find out what's going on. Just read the Bible. But what you must be able to do is focus on what you're supposed to focus on. Amen. What did God tell you that he wants you doing in this time? See, that's my job as a pastor. Not everyone that hears me preach does what I say, but if they do, they will prosper and benefit because I'm anointed to give you something to focus on. And I've been telling you for the longest time, cut off the news, stop looking at that stuff because that's going to lead you. Some people think they're emotionally strong enough to handle it. You're not emotionally strong enough to be watching some stuff about some missiles blowing up some people. And you're not emotionally strong enough to be reading all this extra stuff. And now they're telling you, you know, uh, they're beheading babies and doing all that. What's that going to do for your spirit? What's it going to do? For, what is that going to do for your faith level? Amen. 
It's going to have you looking for the rapture. It's going to have you saying, I'm sure we must be ready to get out of here now. Amen. Amen. And so as believers, we must keep our eyes on God. So what does that mean? I'm going to trust him. And so it doesn't matter what's going on. Right. It doesn't matter. Y'all remember ISIS was the big thing. I mean, think about it. This the devil doesn't even do anything new, man. He doesn't even do anything new. And yet the people keep falling for the same thing. And now everybody's in a panic. But don't you remember it wasn't that long ago you was in the same panic. And that that time it was ISIS because ISIS was beheading people and putting videos up about all that. So you were panicked then. Now it's Hamas, which is basically ISIS. And and so now you're all worried about Hamas and all this type of stuff. And now it's going to be the next thing. I mean, in 2020, it was COVID. And so everybody was panicking about that. And now, and uh, there was, uh, you know, there's threats of energy shortage. Come on, y'all. There's threats of gas and all, it's all, oh, man. Come on, way back in the day, remember that uh, they had, uh, what they have it? The Shah or something, it was that Shah guy in the Middle East. They had that guy. Then, then they had Obama. I mean, not nah, my bad. <laughs> Y'all like mad. Don't be talking about Obama. <laughs> Osama. Osama bin Laden. They had Osama bin Laden. Right? Oh, I just rubbed a nerve. I said Obama. <laughs> some of y'all like, that's my hero. You, you better do some research. That's all I can say on that. But anyway, be educated. Let me, let me just say that. I don't care what y'all think all this. You better believe. Let me tell y'all, give y'all a fair warning. When it comes time to elections, I'm going to be holding you to the Bible. And so you're never going to come in here and I'm going to push you in a direction that's against the book. And you're never going to get a pass from me to vote for any candidates that are not pushing this Bible and standing on biblical principles. So I'm giving you a fair warning because election times always come around and I always say the same thing. Vote biblically. Whoever you vote for, they cannot be pro-abortion. They cannot be pro gay marriage and they cannot be against Israel there are three things that you must know about that candidate it has nothing to do with taxes color of skin that don't mean nothing because you want to be found on God's side amen you want to be found standing with God and so that's all I've ever done in the history of me being saved and voting because when I wasn't saved, I, I was voting. I voted for Bill Clinton because he could play the saxophone. I said, man, I got to get his brother. Cool. I got to get him in there, man. I don't know nothing. So it's always biblical principles, but you got to govern your life, everything. And so now, but if you would start out now trusting God, you won't be fooled by anybody. You won't be fooled by any politician or anyone else because your eyes are on God. But if you keep looking at everything else, you guys keep looking at the news and the, the, all this YouTube. YouTube can be good, but also very bad. So you could learn some things. Uh, we, we put our stuff on YouTube, so it's not a, it can, I believe God will use it to get the gospel out. But I also believe that the devil will use it to pull some people and have them fall back into fear. And so here's the thing with fear. Fear and faith cannot work together. Amen. And so if I get pulled back into fear, I've just stepped out of faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so, oh, that doesn't affect me. Okay, well, where's your, how's your faith? Where's your faith walk? Are you starting to get nervous? Are you starting to, you know, and, and you hear all these type of things start coming out, people and, but don't worry about that. I'm telling you, don't listen. They, they, they're going to try to get you to focus on, well, you know what? Um, America be get, can be getting attacked from within. And, you know, we got these open borders now. And, and so all these people are coming over. And these people are actually 
trained, you know, they're soldiers and they're all this stuff. You can hear everything. I don't even try to listen to nothing and I hear it. You see what I'm saying? But for me, my answer always goes back to God. So if they say all of a sudden uh, planes are dangerous, you never know what can happen on a plane. Well, you never know what can happen in a car. I'm just saying they could say planes are, are you never know what's going to happen on a plane. I know what's going to happen on the plane. I'm on. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not saying that I know how to fly planes and all that. But the one I'm on is going to work perfectly fine. And I'm not about to stop flying. Well, they say, well, you know, you can't fly anymore. Man, I got a grandson in Ohio. I'm getting on a plane. That's too far of a drive. I'm not. I don't. I'm so sorry that about that news y'all said, but I'm getting on that thing because if I keep my eyes on God, I'll never be worried about what's going on. Now, I'm a pastor. I've got a lot of word in me, but I already know God revealed it to me. You're not strong enough to be taking in all these gallons of junk. So that's why I don't. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to hear all this stuff. And so because Psalm 121. Now, what happens if I decided and I keep preaching it and I keep telling you guys, just focus on God. What if we just all became, we're just oblivious and all we do is focus on God. What if the rapture happened? Are we going to get in trouble? Is God going to say, see, I, I would have raptured you up, but see, you were totally unaware of what's going on in your world. You, you, you didn't even watch the news, so you didn't even know all this stuff going on. And then some people say, well, I got to watch it so I can pray about it. You don't have to watch it to pray about it. You already know what's going on. It's in the Bible. Just read Timothy. It's going to tell you what's going to happen in the last days. Timothy, you know, it's going to tell you in the last days, perilous times will come. These disobedient children, all that type of stuff. Men with men, you know, I mean, all the stuff we see, it's, uh, it's nothing new. So you don't have to watch the news to know to pray against it. You just need to read Timothy. You see what I'm saying? And so as believers, we must keep, not put, but keep. Look at your name and say, keep your eyes on God. All right. As believers, that's what you are. Now, Psalm 121. Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. See? Next verse. Maybe I didn't give them, but I know it says my help. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. So where's your help coming from? So wouldn't you just be wise in keeping your eyes on him? I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Now go to Galatians now, Galatians 6, 9. Now I can tell you this, if you do that, if you keep your eyes on God, it's going to help you stay on track. It's going to help you to, um, you know, commit to this Christian life and stay committed to it. Amen. And not be fickle. And so he says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. See? The enemy will try to make you think, see, it doesn't pay off to do what's good. It doesn't pay. Why you why you got to go to church every Sunday? You got so many people in that church that don't go every Sunday. Don't be doing what you do because of what somebody else is doing. You do what you do because of your relationship with your God. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings. What? Seems like that's been a theme this morning. If we don't give up. Why would I have to preach that? Because that's the only way you can lose is if you quit. You understand that? The only way you can lose is if you quit. You might take some lumps, but as long as you get back up, you're still in it. But if you tap out, that's when you lose. Amen? And so let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Uh, Let me see. Maybe. uh, Okay, no, that's it. That's it for now. Um, So as Christians, we do what's right 
all of the time. Now, this is not a hyper grace church and this is not a church where I'm going to give you all these excuses. Well, I know that, uh, you know, da, da, da. No, you need to act right, man. Come on. You know, amen right there. Ain't nobody playing with you. Oh, no, Pastor, because, you know, we all know. Quit all that. Quit identifying with failure. Right. People all, they keep, they, they do that a lot. They identify with failure. Well, you know, none of us are perfect. We always, you know, make mistakes. And, but we're all uh, free moral agents. We are adults. And so the things that I do, I can choose to do them or not. Amen. Y- y'all in here with me. I mean, you can choose to do right or you can choose to do wrong. And so there's, you don't need an excuse to do wrong. You need to do right because that's the decision that you made. And so as Christians, we do what's right all of the time. I mean, no, you're not honest sometimes. Hmm? You're honest all the time. You don't, you don't try to, uh, cheat and look for, you know, all this stuff. You're, you're just being a Christian, man. You're, you're operating at the highest level of integrity. Now, this is important for you to understand. Our words, actions, intentions, all of those things, they are all spiritual seed. You ever, you ever looked at yourself like that? Okay. Every word that comes out of your mouth is a seed. And you know the thing about seeds? They have harvest. So whether it be good or whether it be bad, there's a harvest coming. So if you choose to speak faithlessness, doubt, frustration, how many of y'all don't tell on yourself, but you, you, you find yourself venting. You ever heard of that term, venting? Is venting okay? It might be okay in the eyes of, you know, whatever. Like, let's say you vent. And some of you guys vent when you're just by yourself. You say, I'm not bothering anybody. You know what I mean? You're in your car and you're upset about something and you're just venting. And you think, this is okay because I'm really not saying anything bad to anybody. I'm not bothering anybody. But you're releasing seed. And guess what? That seed is bringing a harvest. And so if I vented frustration, I'm sowing seeds of more things that build frustration. Amen. And so what do I have coming back to me? Come on, somebody. I have more things that are causing me to be more frustrated. Oh, pastor, see, that's the problem. I just, you know, can we just be normal? No. If you want to be normal, you should have stayed unsaved. But now you didn't got saved. Now you got a target on your back. And so the enemy as a roaring lion is seeking whom he may devour. Come on, somebody. He is looking to take you out and he will use anything you give him. And so you cannot just allow yourself to vent. See, these are things that. The world will tell you, even in the world of psychology, even in counseling, they'll say, hey, you just got to let that out, man, because, you know, you don't want to be bottled up. No, you need to get delivered. I can't get amen right there. You don't need to just let it out. Come on. You don't need uh, man. You know, these people, they got rooms where you can just go in there and yell. I feel better now. You went up in there yelling. You know what I'm saying? They got stuff, man, that you can you can actually pay some money and go on, go in a room and and like hit the wall or get they get you you know get you the breaking. That'll be hundred ninety five dollars. <laughs> Wrote that. I feel better now. You that didn't do nothing. That's just wasting money. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing good about no rubber room and all that. You know, y'all, come on. Some of y'all know about the rubber. They got a rubber room. You know, you mess around and get arrested. They got a little holding tank right here. Then they got this rubber room. 
Oh, some of y'all never forgot we're in the suburbs. But somebody, they come get you out of that regular holding tank and they take you in that rubber room. That ain't a good thing. Ain't nothing good about that. <laughs> Amen. And so don't be looking for opportunities to vent and to, you know, uh, just let out all these frustrations. Just remember, it's all seed. It's all seed. And so our words, our actions. So the things that I do, right? It's all seed. So what if, um, what if we're driving? I mean, I, you know, I'm helping you. I'm not expecting you to be a robot, but I do expect you to learn and grow. And I expect you to be better. Amen. I don't, don't, don't keep coming listening to me and you're never changing. I mean, really? Like, Really? You should be progressing in a direction that's good. You see what I'm saying? After hearing me, you know what I'm saying, being under this teaching, you still should not just like forever. You're just continuing. Now you're on the road and you just still land on the horn and mean mugging and rolling down windows staring and uh, come on. Now, your words, right? Are seed. And your actions are seed. And so that person cuts you off and you blare on a horn. You don't even realize what happened on the inside. Come on. You start bubbling up. Come on. The blood pressure's going up. You kind of, ooh. And now you didn't got yourself into a situation where you're excited. But what kind of emotions are going on at that time? They're not the good emotions. And so you're setting yourself up to start to sow. Most of the time, people that drive like that, when they honk, they don't leave it at a honk. I'm not talking about like just a little beep because somebody didn't see the red light or the green light and they're maybe texting and you just beep, beep. You know, not that. I'm talking about. I can't even demonstrate that without attitude. And then so it's like, eh, and then the next thing you know, it's going to be a gesture or something. And then you're talking, but they can't hear you. So you're having a conversation and your words don't even affect that person. Man, what's wrong with you, man? Can you, you need to get off the phone. You need to pay attention while you they don't even they're not even in earshot they have no clue of what you're talking about but what is that seed that's not going to bring them a harvest it's going to bring you a harvest and so I have to be very mindful of this I have to say okay wow I got to do what's right all the time Not just to be a goody two shoes to God, but because it's all seed. And so I don't want this harvest coming to me that I don't want. And if I understand this, our words, actions, intentions are all spiritual seed and spiritual seed never dies. And so a harvest is always coming. Oh, but pastor, I repented. Praise the Lord. You better cancel that harvest you just ordered. A lot of people don't know how to do that. That's the next level of your repentance. Let me just give you a good teaching on this real quick. You do something wrong, repent, but then you better cancel that harvest. Come on. Let's say you get frustrated, you get in an argument. Man, you get on my nerves. I can't stand you. Then later on, Holy Ghost gets on you. You shouldn't have said that. That was mean. Uh, And then you go back. You know what? I apologize. I shouldn't have said that. And God says, I forgive you. But it does not mean that you have sown seed for a harvest. So just by asking God for forgiveness does not mean that you canceled out the words. I can't stand you. You get on my nerves. So guess what? There's still a seed of frustration in you. So what happens? It'll flare up again. It'll flare up again. And so you got to cancel that. So you behave in the wrong way. Then you 
ask for forgiveness, but cancel the seed you just sown. You've just sown. Y'all in here with me? So, man, I cancel that seed of frustration in the name of Jesus. If you do this stuff, man, it'll help you. And so we'll understand a harvest is always coming. Now, Galatians, we're in Galatians. Go to Galatians 6. Galatians 6, and let's look at verse 7 uh, in the NLT. We'll go 7 and 8. Now, we can just back up a little bit. We looked at 9, but just back up. Yeah. It says, don't be misled. You see this? You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always, what's that word always mean? I mean, it's, no, this can't be. Like, you mean I'm always? Amen. You will always harvest what you plant. Praise God. Well, if I'm always going to harvest what I plant, then I have to be consciously aware of what I'm planting. Amen. 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 So don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. That's good. We'll stay on verse seven. And so you have to be consciously aware of your seed and how you sow it. And so for us as believers, look at your name and say, I'm a believer. Why'd you go to church today? Because I believe. See? Why you read your Bible? Because you believe. Why you praying? Because you believe. Amen? Why? Why are you sticking with all this stuff? See, even when it's not easy and, and, and maybe there's other things you can do, but you believe. You believe that there's a benefit to you even coming to church. Amen. Amen. Think about it. And so you're a believer. And so we have to be consciously aware of, of what we're doing. So as believers, we have to be intentionally committed to a life of obedience to God. Now, what does that mean? I don't obey God accidentally. Amen. Some people think that they're just going to do well because they ask God to help them do well. No, you have to be intentional. And so you have to start to practice some things. You have to do some things that are uh, assisting in your obedience. Amen. And so like coming to church. See, some people say, well, I don't have, you know, there's, they say they're believers. There's believers today that say, I don't have to go to church to have a relationship with God. But I would say, if you have a relationship with God, he's going to tell you to go to church. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? And so that's what this is about. Well, I don't have to like pastor. Why don't I have to go to church every Sunday? I mean, I just, come on. But you want to be blessed. Oh, you want to prosper, right? You want to grow. You want to. And, and what I've found now, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. What I've found is that people that are not consistent with the things of God. They are constantly going from one problem to the next. I've yet to meet a person that is inconsistent with God, with church attendance and all that, and they just are living problem free. They're going from one problem to the next. Why? Because the way to success is God's way. See, this is a kingdom that we're a part of. This is not just our way. This is a God system. And for God, he says, we need to go to church. He says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves Together, Hebrews 10, 25, there's things that we got to do. But if I do this, if I develop uh, habits like patterns of life, you know, that are my norm. Amen. Come on. Uh, These are this is my norm. Well, you know what? You're going to get the benefits from whatever your norm is. Come on. You develop a habit of your norm being I'm going to eat donuts every day. Well, you're going to. Get the benefits of the donuts. Amen. You're going to have you a donut. Amen. You can be walking around with a donut. I'm just saying. But if I say, man, I'm going to I'm going to make a habit of committing to the things of God. 
then I'm going to benefit from those things. And so we have to be intentionally committed. So it's not accidental. So I'll say stuff like, uh, you know, we, we say bye out here at the end of service, you know, then um, we'll say, hey, see you next week or see you on Wednesday or whatever. Well, some people are, are hesitant to say that because they don't know if they're going to make it. Well, how come you don't know you're going to make it? It's because you haven't decided that that's what you're going to do. It's not a priority for you. And so you have to be intentional. Hey, man, uh, I can intentionally say you're going to unless I'm out of town, you're going to see me at this church on Sunday and Wednesday. But I'm intentional because I realize this is seed. I got seed that I got to sow because I need a harvest. I got to sow seed into the kingdom and the things of the kingdom. Well, I have to be intentionally committed to a life of obedience. If I am intentionally committed to a life of obedience, the things that will come along to cause me to disobey, I will have power over them because I've chosen by uh, uh, my free will to obey God. You can't just say one day I'm going to commit. You're not going to get a harvest because if you say one day I'm going to commit, then the harvest that you're getting, the harvest that keeps showing up is a harvest of uncommitted. Because you have not fully committed. Amen. And so now, but if I'm intentional about this, then guess what? I will have an expectation. I will have an expectation of what God said. Amen. And so go to Job 36, 11. Job 36, 11. So he says, if they, if they obey and what? Okay. If they obey and serve him. Now, if I'm looking at this, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in what? Prosperity and their years in pleasure. So just stop right there. The, the word if implies that it's a condition. And so you can spend your days. How many of y'all want to spend your days in prosperity? Okay. Prosperity means everything is working. Nothing is broken. Come on. Your mind is prospering. Your body is prospering. Come on. Your money is prospering. I'm talking about everything about you is prospering. How many of y'all want to live that way? Well, you have to be intentional. And so if um, nothing shows up without some seed being sown, amen. And so he says, if they obey and serve him, they shall. So the if is conditional, but the shall is a guarantee. And so he says, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. And so what we have to understand is that there are no shortcuts to this. No shortcuts. I'm still going to prosper, Pastor. You committed to God? Well, you know, I'm getting better. Oh, I'm working on it. Oh, you're working on it. Okay, he's working on your prosperity, too. Come on, come on. So your obedience ain't ready yet? Oh, your prosperity's not ready yet, either. <laughs> come on, oh, see, nobody, people don't like that. But do you know if you obey God, you can go to God and challenge him? You can go to God. You say, oh, no, no, no. Oh, excuse me, Lord. I've just got to uh, come to you because you know I'm a tither. How many of y'all want to start out your prayer like that? Talking about God, you know I'm a tither. Boy, you can put a demand on some stuff. You can get some money working for you. You can get stuff to turn around quick. Because you're always going to be challenged by the enemy. But he wants to see where you're standing. He wants to know where you're standing. Are you standing on that obedience or are you on the fence, compromising, trying to get along or trying to get around to maybe obeying God? Well, if I understand this as a lifestyle, I understand that there are no shortcuts. This is something that I must do. And now the reward is worth it. I'm going to tell you right now, your commitment to God is going to pay off big for you. It's worth it. It's worth you spending time with God. It's worth you committing uh, to this life of obedience. And what does he say? You will spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasures. And so 
why would we commit to this? Why would we commit to obeying and serving God? Because we believe. See, we believe in this. We say, I'm going I'm to commit, I'm going to serve God. Now, I've, I've always taught all these years, if I start to realize this, this is seed, and I want to sow this seed, now, I'm not shying away from opportunities to get more involved with God. I'm looking forward to those opportunities. Amen. I'm not shying away. Some people say, well, uh, I don't want to sign up to come to the, you know, this or that, because just in case, just in case what? You can't make it. And the devil hears that. He says, yeah, just in case. But when you commit and you say, oh, no, I'm going to be there. Well, guess what? So is your reward. Come on. God will say, I, I'm going to bring forth the reward because they are committed. And then Hebrews. And so I want to encourage you today that, listen, you stay with this. You don't quit. You just keep going, keep going, keep speaking. Don't, don't change anything. In fact, you ought to ramp up and start doing even more. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36 NLT. So he says, so don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. How many of you guys confidently trust the Lord? I'm talking about you really trust. Anybody here, you say, man, I know God's got me. Right? How many of y'all bought y'all's house to church with you today? You, you got your house outside? Yeah, come on. You left that house. Amen? You left that house. How many of y'all have some valuables in your house? Come on, this is a prosperous church. You say, no, I don't know, Pastor, what you ask? Because I see what you trying to say? Because I don't know if I want to tell you. Because, you know, what you... Man, I've been delivered. I told you I've been delivered. Amen. Come on. I'm about to try to look up your address and find out. Come on, man. I've been delivered. But my point is you got valuables in your house. And you left those valuables. How many of y'all been worrying about your house since you've been here this morning? Come on. How many of y'all? And some of y'all got the, you know, some valuables. You might have them, you know what I'm saying, in the closet, in a safe, or in the whatever. How many of y'all been worried about that? You, have you thought about it at all since you've been in church? No. Well, so don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. That's what you got. How many of you guys, you drove? Amen. You drove here to church? Amen. And you got a vehicle? Y'all got a vehicle outside? Amen. How many of y'all been thinking about that vehicle? Because, you know, we got a lot of people, man, in and out this parking lot now. You know, all these people. We don't know who they are. I mean, they could just be all up in. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you're not thinking about it. Because you trust the Lord. It's like God's protecting me. God's got, I mean, what am I? I'm not going to be worried. I'm going to be worried about my house and I'm at church. See what I'm saying? And so, so don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. As long as you would trust God, you're going to stay on track. Then he says here, next verse, patient endurance. You guys want to learn about endurance? Just just watch. I'm not telling you to do it. Just watch. Since some of y'all don't do it, just watch. Watch somebody, you know, running like a marathon or something. Because, you know, that's the one thing, man. You can, you can, exp- you can see some uh, endurance real quick. Somebody wasn't ready for that race. Ooh. You know what I mean? My, my wife, we were laughing on the way to church. But she, she, she says something funny. But because you, you ever see you guys see people jogging. You see them out there. You never see them smiling. Nobody's out there jogging with a smile. They just seem like jogging is not what they like to do. <laughs> we saw this one man jogging up the hill on our way to church. And my wife was like, man, he looked like he walking on glass. <laughs> I said, dang. And so if you think about it, we all need to have endurance. We need to be able to persevere even when it's not easy. We need to be able to stay the course. And God gives you things that are in your life. And so you, if you guys take what I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man, you ought to commit to coming to church. Come on, somebody. You ought to commit to coming to church, and, and you need to commit to coming on Wednesdays. Uh, see, Pastor, I just said, no, well, I just said, okay. I have seen my life change yes. for the better. I have seen my life 
improve radically because of my commitment to the things of God. Listen, you want God to change your schedule and give you a pay raise? I'm not even. Let me get ready to close. I don't, I'm just, I, don't know, I don't know what these people are doing up in here, man. What type of church is this? Man. Everybody wants the blessing, but they don't want to. They don't want no sacrifice. So I'm not passing, but you know, I can't do it. Man, I'm telling you, I'm not speaking. This is not bragging, but this is me speaking from experience. I have done this. I have committed to this. We've structured our family life around this. Y'all, y'all in here with me. I mean, all the way down to where, you know what? If, if the job says you can't make it at this time, this is the standard me and my wife say, oh, then guess what? We can't have that job. We got to get another one. But because I know this spiritual seed, see, and now I got a harvest and I'm experiencing it. And so you don't show up in a better life overnight. You got to sow your way there. Come on, somebody. You got to sow your way there and you're going to end up there because of levels of commitment. And that's why you'll have a pastor like me that's constantly pushing you and, and saying, hey, let's go. You could do it. You can make it. Amen. Well, I'm tired. Well, get the anointing. Because the anointing is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. Amen. How I many know you get anointed, you ain't going to be tired. You're too anointed to be tired. Amen. Come on, somebody. You're too anointed to be tired. Man, you're too anointed to be missing out. I'm expecting this, man. I'm expecting this. I've been praying about this and God gave me no valid. Listen, he gave me no valid excuse. So I say, well, how come they don't, you know, so and so on. They have no excuse. Oh, really? Some of y'all say, well, no, Pastor, I got an excuse. Well, you better tell God because when I prayed about you, he didn't say you ain't got no excuse. <laughs> so you need to go back in your prayer because you got an excuse. And I prayed about you missing church on Wednesdays and God didn't tell me nothing about your excuse. So you better go back to God on your excuse. And make sure he gave it to you. And you didn't give it to yourself. Amen. Praise the Lord. I only say these things because I want you to benefit. I want you to prosper. Things will come up. Don't get me wrong. We go out of town. We have things happen. Man, I'm going to be going out of town. Amen. I'm going. And like I told you guys, don't be. If I go out of town, you man, you better not skip church because I ain't here. Man, because I am not, man. You don't come to church for me. So we do this together. Amen. Amen. But so I'm saying we miss from time to time. We go out of town. We got things. But evaluate your life. What are you doing habitually? What is your pattern of life? What are you doing on a normal basis? Amen. On a normal basis. Have you committed to sow this kingdom seed? Is your life a lifestyle of consistent Obedience on a normal basis, right? Amen. So, so you understand that. I got to be clear before I close. It doesn't mean you, you can't go on vacation. You can't do stuff. So. That's fine. But your normal habit pattern. Here's what I tell you. You ought to strive to do before I close. You ought to strive to get on my list. Y'all, you know what I'm about to say? I'm serious. You ought to strive to get on my list of regulars. Huh? I got a, I got a list of regulars. Like there's people I know I'm going to see them. I know that no matter when, you know, pretty much put it this way. I know that on a Wednesday or Sunday, I will see them unless they have informed me. You want to get on my list because now I'm going to close. But you know what happens? You get on my list. You start getting what I got. Oh, come on. You're not going to get what I got flowing in my life, flowing in your life. If you ain't on my list. Now, that is not about me picking and choosing. It's about people having a willingness to sacrifice and a willingness to be present and be held accountable. Amen.
to where, okay, there's, you know, I'm going because I'm on that list. And I know pastors are expecting to see me. See, if I'm surprised, some of you show up on a Wednesday, I'm going to probably tease you. I'm going to be like, what you doing here? I mean, is everything okay? <laughs> All right. So y'all ready to prosper? God's got it for us. So let's stay committed to the things of God. Remember what it is you believe. The reason you do what you do is because we believe. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Praise God. Amen. Let's let's close in prayer. I want to pray for souls right now. Father, we thank you for blessing us. Maybe you're watching this right now and we want you to know you can come into this family. This is a great family, not just this church, but the family of God, the family of believers. God will open up his arms and welcome you in. But you got to say yes with the power that he's given you. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message would know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please and fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, Amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen.